And you're welcome to Racing Only Better ahead of Cheltenham, Doncaster, Newbury this weekend. Plenty of racing. I would love to tell you it's a brilliant card at Cheltenham, but it's probably not great. Nevertheless, we will do our best to point you in the way of winners, courtesy of Mr. Kevin Blake. Kev, how are we? Hello, I'm excellent, Hugh. I'm excellent. All, all the National Hunt tryhards have been out in force for the last few days, counting down to Cheltenham, haven't they? Just oh, Jesus, lads, it's, it's, it's a moderate card, if you want it's my opinion. Moderate, it's a moderate <laughs> card. It's a moderate card, but maybe it's a card where we can find some value, Tony Calvin, or is it a difficult card betting-wise as well as aesthetically? I think it's quite a tricky weekend, but you know, Cheltenham. Um, three of my four bets at the weekend are at Cheltenham, so I don't think it's that bad. And remember, lads. It's only 22 weeks to the festival. 22 weeks. Tony Calvin come out with one of those. Have you heard all the people? I'm taking the piss, obviously. All those people on so. Twitter saying tw- oh, 20, 22 weeks to the festival. Oh, who, do you, who, who do you fancy for the per temps at Cheltenham, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus we have a qualifier this weekend and all. Oh, and, yeah, I, and of course, the band is all back together. Mr. Dan Barber, how are we, my friend? I'm uh, very good, yes. I mean, uh, I should be dead happy that the jumps is back, but obviously, uh, as I've been smashing in these big-priced flat handicap winners, <laughs> yeah. I'm sort of wishing to stay around. Listen, you're, you're in the wrong field, mate. You were born in the wrong field, <laughs> I tell you. I have to be honest, Dan, when you said that sentence, uh, I heard... I... <laughs> I thought I should be dead. I'm like, Jesus, where's this story going? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we won't have anything to bring the mood down, gents. We'll try and keep it, we'll try and keep it upbeat uh, for a Friday. Right, we'll get stuck in, lads, because we've got loads of racing to cover, and we'll do it as quickly and succinctly as we possibly can. The 145 at Cheltenham is the opener of the card. It's a showcase handicap hurdle, two miles five for conditional jockeys. So hang on to your hats here, Kev. Uh, Sam Arrive is your 9-4 favourite. Lorca Williams on board. You've got Sam Dancer 6-1 with Liam Harrison. You've got Byzantine Empire at 8-1. Ingleby Hollow attends and you can have what you like about the rest. Kev, is it about the jockey here as much as the horse or what do you think? <laughs> I'm not doing any of these jumps races here, you troglodyte. Yeah. Right. Oh, sorry, sorry. Dan. 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 You, you, you know when we have a chat before coming on and we just yeah, said, yeah. Order, so <laughs> you do this race, you do that. No, I'll, I'll take that. You don't bloody listen. Do you? I, don't, I don't need to write anything down. It's all in my head. Most of it is. Most of it is. <laughs> right. Uh, go on, Dan. Kick us off here, National Hunt expert. Kev, you just be quiet there for next half hour. I think you got the trip wrong as well. I think you said it was two and a half miles. But anyway, mate, good start. There's five places too. <laughs> um, I reckon I, me and Tony are going to be singing from, the, singing from the same hymn sheet here and we're going to be trying to get this Nichols horse beaten. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I don't think he's the sort of horse that that TC will be after Shaw. Um, what a price for me, I thought was interesting, is Timberman. Now, Fergal runs three. Um, I'm sure he'll be, he's desperate to have Cheltenham winners anyway, but it'll be his first runner at Cheltenham under the new partnership with Graham McPherson. I think there might be an extra edge to that. Jockey booking suggests Samba Dancer is the first string, but I do think he's won a couple of weekish races. And I quite like Timberman. He's a bit of a win only. I think he's a bit of a you-know-what-or-bust horse. But he was a fair horse in bumpers for Henderson. And they've been more than a glimmer. The day one at Market Raisin, the day one that Doncaster novice last season, and the day ran really well after until he was DQ'd in that, that jumper's bumper to suggest that he is still a pretty interesting horse. And I think the key thing for him is getting on a stiffer track, just a proper track with a where they can go a gallop and his stamina will come into play because I do think ultimately two miles at the bottom end. So he'd be... He'd be top of the shop for me in this at a price. Not a strong view, but he'd be a win-only bet. 
Mr. Cavill, I did have the pleasure of reading your column this morning. Uh, very informative, as always. You have two fancies in this race. Who are they, please? Um, I think, Sam, as, as um, Dan said, I think you've got to start with trying to get this Sam Arif beat. It's, it's Shades of Sunray Major at Ascot last week, isn't it? And I think you have to get hold of yourself if, if you're tipping this a kind of horse like this at 9-4. to four. Obviously, he's got the sexy winning profile, but uh, and he was impressive at Kempton in April. But, you know, the runner-up, uh, he's been beaten in all four starts since, albeit he has improved slightly in some of those defeats. But I think you have to, nine to four, it takes out such a chunk of the market. I think you've got to get with others. I back two in the race. Uh, I back Nordic combined. Now, he's run well in all three starts here. Um, you know, he, he did have a reputation of a bit of a hound, but I think he's, I think he's he got more resolute with age. Um, I think he's a smooth traveller. I'm a bit worried about the lack of pace in here, but I've got three possible forward goers. So hopefully, we'll get a decent, uh, we'll get a decent um, tempo of the race. Um, and I just think he's still on the winning mark, despite going up uh, for that Hexham win in May. Um, if you go back to his form at the start of last season, he's he's uh, two pound lower than when second to Calvadorge at, at Taunton back in November 2020, and the winners won two of his next three starts, and, and he's now twelve pound higher. So I think Nordic combined. Um, I think hopefully the race will run to suit, and uh, I can I can see some I can see some upside in his price around about sixteen to one, and and, and the other one I'm playing is Sarasota Star. Uh, very very simple reasons why he was going well in in a race one in which Nordic combined for his second to Hooper uh, here in April. Um, got brought basically got brought down at, at the second last on the inside there when still going well off this mark, and he returned with a good win over fences uh, at Worcester. Um, um, so yeah, um, I thought we had a solid chance. So I'm playing Nordic combined at 16 plus, Sarasota to start 12 to one plus uh, against what I think is a, a poor value fav. Okay, good stuff. A couple of Eastway selections there. Five places on the uh, bet for a sportsbook as well. If you're um, so inclined, each way backing. So five places being paid. The 220 then on the card is the uh, Didbrook handicap chase. It's a six furlong sprint. No, it's three miles and one handicap chase. And Dan, you're going to talk us through this one. Storm Control is your nine to two favour. Uh, cloth cap at five to one. Jersey Bean is in there thirteen to two. And Manella Bobo. Uh, seven to one, just your type sevens, and it's nine to one bar, Dan. Um, Clot cap makes appeal for me, but what about your good self? I know it's a 60 grand race, this fair play, that's good prize money, but I don't imagine this is top of his list of targets this season. I'm sure the Labrook Trophy um, next month or even the National at the end of the season will be his main target. So I'd be happy to pass him over. I think this one, mm. yeah, you've got to take a fair bit on trust because he failed to complete on four of his last five starts last season, but. I think it's a mad price here. The Hollow Ginge um, from hey. Twisters, who oh, have had a... Exactly, I thought it'd be right up your street. Mm. <laughs> no, I, th- I, th- I, won't, I won't describe you as hollow. You're definitely Ginge, Uh-oh. but not hollow. Um, <laughs> um, he, yeah, obviously, the record is really more peas than bird's eye and all that, but he's, he's sort of... He's shown at Newbury last season oh. when he was fourth in the Labbrooks that he's got a useful level of ability, and I think he's always had that. He came from furthest back of anything else that was in the frame. Remember, that was the day cloth cap dominated. Nothing really got into it behind him, but he did best of those. And then I do think there are excuses. He unseated next time. On his final start, he ran in the Scottish National and clearly didn't stay after getting in contention in the back straight. He's down to 137, so he's seven lower than when he was fourth in the, in the lab brooks, which makes him the small matter 27 pounds better off with cloth cap. I'm not sure be ready to go. It'll be a proper test. Cloth Cap will be taken on here as well. Storm Control 
has one way of going. Manila Bobo, just your type, horses like that. And even though, as a rule, I'd prefer you to be ridden prominently on this Cheltenham Chase track, I do think he's interesting. I think the final thing with him, apart from the price, of course, is the fact he's he's won twice first time out in his career, including on his debut. And there's been a massive sense that Twister's horses this autumn have been more like the days of yore rather than stuttering starts that they maybe have had the last couple of seasons. I think they've started this campaign in much better nick. I thought he I was big at 20s plus. I tell you what, you've made a strong case, and I'm with you. The Hollow Ginge, very good. 20 to 1, uh, so a nice old price as well. Good stuff. Right, the 255 is the Masterson's holding hurdle over two miles. Uh, Tritonic is your 13 to 8 on favourite, Dan. Um, I can't see him getting beaten by Stepney Causeway. I like to move it. Or two shots of tequila, much and all, as I like that name. Yeah, I know, don't we all? Uh, no, I, I don't have a strong view in this. I don't think anybody can. He was always going to be a favourite because he's got a rep. He was, he was one of, he was my fans for the Triumph last season. But it's not a penalty kick. He's got to give eight pounds to a horse who was very good in bumpers. And if he jumps all right, jumps better than at Worcester, I like to move. It could give him a race. And Stepney Causeway was very progressive last season, so probably top of the shop this in terms of races that I've got no interest in playing this weekend. Yeah. Okay. So you know, Tritonic, but be wary of the price, really. But uh, and as I say, not really a betting race. Um, the three thirty then is the showcase handicap chase over two miles. Um, Sky Pirate heads the market here after uh, winning the Grand Annual back in March nine to four. I think best price of the month before midnight three to one. You've got Belargus at five to one. Leap away sixes and it's ten to one bar. Um, do you like the Grand Annual winner in this, or are your eyes drawn elsewhere, Dan? A bit similar to Cloth Cap in the sense that I'm not sure tactically the race is going to be ideal for him. I think we know the horse so well he wants a strongly run race, probably more runners, pick his way through and be delivered late on. He was completely reinvented as a two-mile last season. He was a horse that a few of us were interested in trying to get a hold of, and then he ended up going for about 60 grand at the sales, so that, that certainly priced us out. Only Kev could afford him. Um, <laughs> uh, the one I prefer and I think should be favourite is Before Midnight. Sam Thomas had a horse of Twiston Davis the other day that won first time out. He was just getting going late last season, won back-to-back races. If he'd not have walked through a fence, he'd have won at Chepstow by further. He's gone up seven, but he strikes as being a fair bit less exposed than most of these. And I'm going to save on one. I'm saving on Voadarev for Jardine and Conor O'Farrell. You'll all know him from his time with Willie Mullins. He was a better chaser than Hurdler. And yet his runs over hurdles last season were, were largely pretty encouraging. And he's basically the only horse that I think you can say, that, well, that'll definitely go on. And unusually for Cheltenham, there might be a falsely run race here. And I thought he'd be best placed if there is. So I'll, I'll be those two against the field, please, gents. OK, Vodarev, uh, 14 to 1 at the time of recording. Right, the 405, trying to bring in uh, Mr. Calvin once again. Uh, TC, you can kick mm. us off, please, with the pretense handicap hurdle. So it is one of these uh, massive qualifiers that I was uh, joking about at the top of the show. And it's uh, three miles, handicap hurdle. Tully Begg is in there for Gordon Elliott at 4 to 1. Panic Attack, David Pipe, 11 to 2. Shannon Bridge for Dan Skelton, 13 to 2. Born Patriot, 7s, 15 to 2 is Hall Away, and it's 10 to 1 bar. Um, anything make appeal at a big price for you here, TC? Yeah, I back Born, I back born Patriot um, at, at 10 to 1 here. Um, the, hand, the UK handicappers smacked him with an extra uh, six pounds, as, as is their want uh, when, when you guys come over here. But. I um, for a horse like this, I actually think the six pounds is is very harsh. 
Um, but I, I think there's a, there's a couple of good angles into this horse. I, I think he's crying out for a more prominent ride um, over this kind of trip on, on, on a stiff track like Cheltenham. Uh, everything about the horse's profile, we go back and look at all his videos, he just does nothing quickly. But he shaped well on his return, um, not given a hard time on his, on his first start for a few months. Went fourth to Tullybeg uh, over two mile six on good ground at Navan. That wouldn't have played to his strength. Uh, or was it Navan? Sorry, or was it Navan? Navan! Uh, <laughs> oh, I, we I missed thought, you, TC. I, I, I deliberately put that in there, Kev, so you could have some input into the five races at Cheltenham. Thanks very much. At least I'm sure I'm listening. Always looking out for our cave, as Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go back and look at some of his runs, notably his, um, his third at Killarney uh, back in May, he just looks like a horse that's you know if they get if they get after him um you know a more like i said a, a ride into the four a little bit more and and roust him along a bit I, I i think he'll respond there and obviously the second angle is peter Hartfarhi. you guys will know him better than me but obviously he came to more prominence over here with belfast banter winning at cheltenham and entry last season and you know he's eight from 28 in the uk when he comes over in the last five years and stuff so he certainly knows what he's doing i just thought that was the horse with a lot of upside if if they get after him but obviously it's a potent flyer so you never know so i wouldn't be taking advantage of the extra places i'll be playing win only on the exchange that but i have backed him at, at 10 to 1 and um he's the one that in, interests me the most in a clearly a very very competitive race so born page okay. for me born page for peter fahey for tc what about you dan yeah, he was he was very close to being my su- suggestion as well. But as Tone's already called him, I'll give give listeners another shout for one now. McManus and Ipatemps qualifiers probably not the path to Richie because we know that the connections would ordinarily have a view on the final. But I do think Jordi Deschamps is interesting. He's a ten year old. Let's start with the negatives, and he's probably not the force of old. But he was a blooming good horse in his novice chase campaign, and. You take his record at face value. His last two wins over hurdles, his last two runs over hurdles have been wins. And then he ran at Chepstow and just got a ride. You just can't win around Chepstow on quick ground. He was dropped out the back, got messed around. To his credit, he ran on and passed a few. I thought he shaped there like he was still in form. He returns to hurdles off the same mark as then. They made him 72 fab for that Chepstow race over fences. And although it was a veteran's handicap, it was a pretty warm one. So I think he could still be well in. He's certainly well in on the pick of his form. And off 130, you're not going to get into a Potemps final. So you want to be trying to win some races before it in order to get yourself a run. OK, good stuff, gents. That is Chandler done and dusted. We'll move on to the flat at Newbury then on Saturday at 2 o'clock is the Virgin Bet Horace Hill Stakes Group 3 and time to bring back in Mr Kevin Blakes it's over 7 put me in coach put me in put me in right Kevin don't mess it up don't mess it up now don't mess it up this is your big chance Noble Truth is your 9 4 favourite for Charlie Abbebury you've got Huey Amal at 11 to 4 for Andrew Balding Light Infantry 7 to 2 Dubai Poet 6 to 1 Crest of 7s and it's 14's bar Kev Um, Charlie Abbebury's stable flying all season is Noble Truth the one to be on Oh, the first of a bunch of good two-year-old races this weekend. Hugo, first thing to say, ground in Newbury is going to be rotten. Uh, heavy ground, I'd say, for, or, or as close to it as makes no odds. So you, you'll want a horse that, um, that, that can plough a bit. And look, uh, 
in the main of these races we're talking about, I'm going to put a bit of an emphasis on um, experience. And look, Noble True is the obvious one on that front here, um, second to Angel Blue in the in the Lagadere last time. Um, Angel Blue's running in the another Group One um, this weekend. But I, I'm just I, I do have a bit of a grow for this light infantry. Um, he's a he's an exciting horse. I think David Simcock. He won first time out, um, despite like being really green. Uh, really green um, through the whole race you know missed the kick green early green when Spencer asked them to, to pick up a bit but in the final furlong he's absolutely danced away and won by six and a half lengths from a horse that um, that won next time out uh, the one back in third went very close to winning next time out um, so like it, it, it was far from uh, far from a bad race and this lad has been green as grass and still managed to dance up um, the ground was was decent there um, but you look at the way he moves and he's by fast company you'd be very hopeful that he'll handle um, the much more testing ground here. So look, while a, a big old jump up is needed to get on top of Noble Truth, he's you know, rated 111. Um, <clears throat> I do like light infantry. And even if he kind of is undone by his inexperience here, I'd still be keeping an eye on him going forward. I think he's, uh, he's very promising. I wouldn't be, I, if you like him, I'd say hold off. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off a bigger price. He, he looks a bit short really, where yeah. he is at the minute. Um, yeah. And I suspect that market will correct and he'll go off a bigger price. Um, so if you like him as I do, I'd say maybe hold your fire until a little bit closer to the off. But um, he's a horse I'm looking forward to, and I think he's quite smart. Yeah, I was just going to make the point there that for for two that you know, seemingly with a, with a big gap between them, nine to four and seven to two isn't a great price differential. But TC, do you like something at a at a bigger price, or where have you uh, seen this one? I'm going to take myself out and have a word with my uh, uh, with myself here because I actually thought the nine to four noble truth with the Betfair Sportsbook, which is the biggest price in the marketplace was was actually a fair price. I mean, you've got a horse with experience. You've got a horse with the only one of the few horses uh, with form in heavy ground. It's coming here on the back of a, a narrow second in a group one last time. I just thought nine to four was, I wouldn't be laying nine to four. Uh, you'd have to mm. twist my arm to, to, to get me to lay your seven to four. So I thought nine to four was very, very uh, fair if you, if you bet like that. I did... I, I've stopped doing a column I do with Jamie Spencer. It finished last week, but I was speaking to him yesterday on on a different matter, and I asked him about like infantry, and they obviously they think he's a, a real good horse. They come down this route instead of you know, carrying a penalty in a novice race, but they are worried about the conditions, and they are worried about as as Kev alluded to. I think in these in these conditions, the more runs you got under the belt, the better it is. But they do like the horse, but conditions may not be ideal for him but um yeah i, I the what i looked at this i i began and ended with noble truth at night before the sports book so i might even back him to be honest with you uh, i'm tempted okay oh. good stuff good stuff all right so there you go difference of opinion there but maybe hold fire uh, as kev was saying if you do fancy light infantry just maybe hold fire and see if the price uh, gets a little bit bigger, closer to the off. Right, the uh, second and last race at Newbury we're going to talk about. To 235 is the Virgin Bet St. Simon Stakes. Group 3 again. It's a mile and a half this time. Um, Siskini is your 11 to 10 favourite. So he's just actually just hit even money, uh, Siskini, for Charlie Appleby. Illarab is in there at 3 to 1. Max Vega 4s. Mirando 8 to 1. And it's 12 to 1 bar. Kev, um, Siskini, the market seems to suggest this is a one-horse race. Do you agree? Oh, it's a, it's an interesting one, Hugh. Um, look, we've, we, he's the three-year-old, the improver against some real old legends there, like Mirando and, and Wells Fargo, and 
um, horses like that, that that will have no problems with the conditions. Um, but but I, I do really like this Siskin. I've liked him for a while. Um, he ran a belter at Royal Ascot in the King George the fifth, the King George the fifth handicap. He went to Goodwood and ran a stormer, the only one um, up at the pace all the way that they kind of held up, and he was just nipped by Nagano, who's, who's a horse I also really like. Um, and then they gelded him. And I thought that was a, a slightly funny thing to do. Um, I was over at Newmarket when he ran last time and we asked the question of Charlie Appleby and he just said, well, look, he's kind of, Charlie said, he kind of, look, I'm, uh, I'm aggressive with the Geldings. If, if they don't think they're going to be stallions, we'll, uh, we won't waste too much time. So, um, and I liked what he did in the old Rowley Cup um, because he was, he looked a bit fresh to me early on. He, he pulled a bit harder than he usually does, um, but he, he was very strong late on despite that. Um, I'd say the ground's going to be no problem. He, he does lift his knee well enough, and um, there wasn't an, an ease in it at Newmarket um, f- last time. For all this, is going to be softer. You know, it was soft at Goodwood when he ran so well. So I don't think the ground's going to be an issue. And look, while I'm kind of going against my own rules here, because as mentioned before, the the first race we spoke about there, when the ground is testing, you know, I do like to go with kind of hardened, proven. Um, established older horses generally but I'm going to go with the three year old against the olders here because I think this fella could could potentially be you know a proper group horse um, and you know with, with some of the older boys maybe not being in the best of form at the minute um, yeah. I'm going to go with Siskini Okay, lovely, because that's even money at the time of recording. Um, right, we shall uh, move on if we can to uh, Doncaster also on uh, Saturday. It's a big old card. Uh, I should say it's a full programme for ITV on uh, Saturday afternoon, so they're going to have their hands full, fast and furious. Let's hope all the races go off on time. Isn't that right, Tony Calvin? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, we haven't got Newbury. We haven't got Sandown. We haven't got Ascot. Um, we have got Newbury. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, <laughs> Newmarket. Yeah, uh, Newmarket, yeah, Ascot, Sandown, yeah. all, all the main offenders. Mm. We haven't got them, so we should be all right. Oh, Newbury oh, are quite bad, aren't they? It should be all right. Yeah. Okay, done. Yeah, in fact, if you're a big, yeah, they're not great. If you're a big right, track, yeah. you just do what you want, and, no, and nobody pulls you up. Yeah, exactly. Doncaster, three races before we get our naps of the weekend. The 3.15 is the Vertemperaturity Trophy. It is a Group 1. Kevin Blake, it is over a mile. I think I'm going to back this horse for the Guineas next year. Luxembourg, I just... Ooh. What? Ooh. I, I mean, I... I, I I honestly, I, I thought it was probably the most impressive two-year-old performance I've seen in the season so far. Um, 10 to 11, which I'm not surprised at. Uh, it will be my nap at the weekend just to make Tony Calvin puke peas and cars. Royal Patriots, 4 to 1. Brayside Boy, 9 to 2. Imperial Fighter, 7 to 1. And it's 10 to 1 bar. <laughs> it's all about Luxembourg for me, Kevin Blake. Luxembourg, off we go. <laughs> oh, it's a good race, Hugh. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, look well established Aidan O'Brien um, lacking a little bit in terms of his usual firepower with the two year olds and this fella does seem to stand out a nice bit amongst them um, he's a big boy he's a big big two year old and he was impressive um, first time out of Killarney all the way back in July which is you know early enough for a Camelot to be out so that they gave him um, they gave him kind of whatever it was, 10 weeks of a, of a bit of a freshen up after that. Gave him time to mature a bit more. Came back in the Beresford and was really good. Really good. Like, like for a big horse by Camelot, like, Jesus, Shamey Harfin and rode him like, like Nijinsky. Like, he, he dropped him right in, like, rode him with loads of confidence. You know, made up his ground very easily. And then when he asked him to go, it, it was a case of whoosh, despite being a little bit green. 
Um, and I have a little factual fact here that you might like. Um, that day, Luxembourg ran the final three furlongs 0.4 of a second faster than Art Power did when uh, when bolting up in the in the six furlong sprint so he he was galloping <laughs> late on yeah. again in the context of a big boy that's going to stay you know i think that that stamped him as potentially a very nice horse the the main variable we're dealing with here Hugh and it's, it's a little bit annoying you'd love this race to, to be run on good ground um, but we're probably going to be running on more like soft and and a lot of these are are unproven on it um including luxembourg um, like he, he does, he does lift his knee just a shade. He's, he's, you know, he's by Camelot. He's out of a Danehill dancer mare. You can, you can find some encouragement when you go looking into the, the pedigree, etc. Um, but it is a bit of an unknown. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be fascinating to see how he goes. Uh, Ten years on to make you feel old from when his daddy Camelot, um, absolutely bolted up in this race. Um, and look, he, he must have a big chance, but there are nice horses against them, like Bayside Boy or Brayside Boy, as you call him, Hugh. <laughs> Bray <laughs> on the brain. <laughs> I do have Bray on the brain. up the road for me. Like, like he's run a belter in the Jewhurst last time and, and things didn't really go right for him. Um, he, he got a bit of a check a furlong and a half out and then he had a bit of a stumble down the dip and, and he's finished off his race well, looks ready for a mile. Um, ground, you know, he's operated on good to soft. You know, will he want it even softer? I'm not sure. Um, Imperial Fighter, like, ran very well behind Corbus last time. Complete other side of the track to him. Um, did absolutely nothing wrong that day. Again, um, well, I suppose it was soft when he, met, when he, when he won on debut, but um, I don't know. He moves like a horse that would appreciate um, a nicer surface. And, and Royal Patronage, we know all about him. He beat Corbus last time, but um, was he the best horse on the day? <laughs> Probably not. Um, Corbus didn't get the best of rides that day in Royal Patron and showed a lot of stamina. Um, so look, there's case to be made along and I, I better give a little mention to the outsiders who McTighe um, only won a maiden at Leopardstown last time but I think it's like really interesting. Of course Jim Bulger won this last year. Yeah, Max it's Reedy. really interesting yeah. that he's bringing this horse over. He's by Fraca, a horse that Jim has has taken aboard um, the last couple, of, well, for a couple of years now. And uh, funny enough, I, I knew I, I knew I remembered this horse's damn Tradfest, and her form isn't much, but it, something stuck out in my head, and I went back through my old files, and I went back to a stable tour with Jim Bulger when this filly was in training, and he had a really, really high opinion of her. Um, said if she, if this filly goes the right way, which she mightn't because she's very headstrong and difficult, she could be a really good filly. She didn't go the right way. She only ran twice, but um, she's after throwing this fella first go. And I just wouldn't forget about him at a big price. He was quite strong late on at Leopardstown, and I'd say he loved the ground. So I wouldn't forget about him. And I know Donica really likes this Suzoku as well that bolted up in a maiden at the Curragh the other day. Um, so look, there's strength and depth here, Hugh. If you're getting yeah, stuck yeah, into so Luxembourg at around even Ken, money, um, yeah, yeah. So Kev, 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 are you actually going to give us a bloody selection the for the race? Shit, will get off the pot, like. <laughs> you know, I've, I've ended up with Bayside Boy narrowly at the prices. Um, look, he's bringing Group One form into the mix. I think he'll improve for the step up to a mile. The point I'm making by rambling on so much is this: this is a properly deep race, and I wouldn't just be lashing into Luxembourg because you like him um, at even money. You know, there's just depth here, proper depth, and I'm looking forward to it. I tell you what, you're like Abe Simpson when he's asked a question and you went, uh, in those days <laughs> well, I, didn't, you I, didn't, a, I didn't talk for the first 20 minutes of the podcast, I have to make up for it. In those days you wore you a can, gun on your belt, which was the style <laughs> at the time. I'll tell you I what, you can, tell he's, you can tell he's a TV pundit, can't you? He's like, eight runners, 
give a give a good positive mention for all eight, and then just pick it and then do a soundbite <laughs> at the end when the winner comes in. Jobs are good. After all that, I got We gave him a good mention. Where, when yeah, Mac Tig wins, we gave him a good mention, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, what I will say, I spoke to um, when I was sitting my ass for um, for a month during uh, during <laughs> September, feeling sorry for myself. Um, yeah. Ryan rang me one day and, um, and we had a quite a long chat. And I said, "Well, what's been going on?" Because I didn't pay much attention to racing, and he was glowing about Luxembourg, uh, Luxembourg, sorry, uh, back then. And I did a piece with him yesterday, hey. obviously for bet, for betting betfair. And he ended it by saying, very unlike him, he just said, and I thought it was quite telling, quite a good line. He just said, I expect him to be good, i.e. tomorrow. And I, I, I got the impression they just think they've got a real top-notcher on their hands here. And this, from what he did in the yeah. Barrisford, you can understand it, but you, I would put four he things is, against yeah. him. Obviously the, yeah. obviously the price, four. which you don't give a toss at, which you don't give a toss about <laughs> anyway. I mean, if it, if it was two might. to one, I wouldn't fancy him. If it was two to one, you wouldn't fancy it. Um, I think the ground's obviously got to be an issue or a possible issue. Uh, the head carriage reminds me a little bit of high definition. I, I wasn't entirely taken by him, even though he, even though he powered home there. And obviously, we sh we've got to mention the stable form, haven't we? Um, we mentioned it last week, and we've got to mention it again, the Aidan O'Brien stable form. So I think if you are taking him on around about 10 to 11, even money, I think you've got, there are maybe four factors uh, that uh, will make you be wary, but uh, I, I get the impression they think he's a, a proper tool. This, this guy, this is the Guineas winner from next year, I'm telling you, and he's going to absolutely <laughs> smash in tomorrow. So, <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Right, lads, uh, the next we're going to talk about on the card, please, is the 350. We've only two more races to go. The Virgin Bet Doncaster Stakes is listed over six furlongs. Time to bring back Dan Barber, Dan. The pricing is Flaming uh -huh. Rib at uh, thirteen to eight, uh, Diodar at five to two. You've got Gold Medal eleven to two, and a thirteen to two bar. Again, a short price at the top of the market in Flaming Rib. I was whilst I was on mute there. I had some absolute crackers as well. I can't believe you didn't describe Luxembourg as your landlock of the week. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, very good. I like it. I like it. I like it. I tell you what. I tell you what. With that with that bird's eye peas line earlier on. Are you are you are you uh, <laughs> advertising for a role as a commentator, on course commentator with these crap puns? <laughs> <laughs> They're the only types I know. I don't know any good ones. I'll go back to that one about the height that you used to like about oh, I'm the last person to know it's raining. I remember that made you laugh. Um, Three fifty Doncaster Gents. <laughs> um, I know I've read Tony's piece. I, I know he's with something else in this race, but. Um, I really like Diodar to chin flaming, flaming Rib. I mean, Flaming Rib has been very progressive, but he's been doing it on quick ground. He got stalled to at Chester and dominated around there. He won a sale. He won that big handicap at, um, at York as well, the nursery. That was a good performance. But I wonder if Chester made him look a bit better than he is. And he's posted a big figure there. But look at what Diodar did in his debut. He beat Witch Hunter, who's been placed at listed level since. Take that literally, given that Diodar was hardly touched to, to lead late on, he was given a pretty tender time of things. But the other thing, you're just looking into his pedigree, and the half-brother Probe, who's a three-year-old currently, I think it's Dermot Weld, has done all his racing on softish ground. He's won the last two on soft in really good fashion, so I'm not concerned about different conditions for Diodar. I'm actually more concerned that they'll blunt flaming rib because he's been blasting off on quick ground and getting away from them. I thought there was less between these two potentially than the ratings or the or the market would have you believe. So I'm with Beckett's horse to uh, chin the five. 
agree or disagree? Um, yeah, I won't blab on as much about this. Look, a couple of promising ones that, that are obviously unbeaten and won. Um, I, I mentioned gold medal there. You know, Richard Hughes wouldn't have a heap of first-time out winners, and this lad was plenty green on debut, um, but was very strong late on. That was on the all-weather of Wolves, so... <clears throat> How it'll handle this ground, I'm not too sure, but um, I thought he was a little bit interesting. But look, I, I'd go and I'd finally stick with my own rule for once here. I think Flame and Rib might just have too much kind of experience and guile for these at the minute. Um, he like he's had loads of racing this year, but he, he's thriving on it. And like his last kind of four runs have seen him improve and improve and he was particularly good at Chester last time I'd accept Dan's point you know Chester can kind of flatter horses that jump out and make the run and then are sharp like he is um, but he was still very good I think the ground will be okay um, looking at him he's run well with an ease in it earlier in the season and I'm just thinking that his experience might just pay here jump out make the running um, the likes of Diodar and gold medal will be putting it together late on but hopefully they won't be putting it together fast enough and Flaming Rib will hold on Okay, Flaming Rib for Kev, then Diodar for Daniel. The last race we're going to talk about, gents, is the 420 Virgin Bet Handicap. It's over five furlongs. Uh, Tony Calvin, you can kick us off here. Boundless Power is your 11-2 favourite for Michael Appleby. You've got Rassel at 11-2, Illusionist 6-1, Dakota Gold 13-2, and a 7-1 bar. Uh, what about your good self, Tony? Who do you like? Well, as you know, you I, I get excited about twice a year, and... Um, when I looked at the prices for this race yesterday, I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, a horse called Lahore was basically 12 to cross the board, 16s in the place, and I'm just thinking, if I'm if I'm not looking at this race right, I mean, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a favourite here, priced at 16 to one and 12 to one. Now, Lahore has been back this morning. Uh, all the sixes and the, and the twelves has gone, and um, he's going to be a general nine to one shot. Um, it, probably by the time you, you listen to this, but I still think there's some mileage there for the simple reason is I, I think he'll go a favourite. Now, oh. if you go back and have a look at his run last time, um, he, was, he wasn't he was doing anything quickly, but he was coming with a, with a steady run there. Now, he wasn't going to win, but he got wiped out by the winner who was charging home. And he was only beaten three and a half lengths, but he would have finished a lot closer. And the handicapper, bizarrely, has dropped him three pounds for that run. Now, this horse is is now £13 lower than at the start of the season. He's £11 lower than his last win. He's £14 lower than when beating just over two lengths in the Air Gold Cup this time last year. And he's just got everything going in his favour. I mean, that run last time was his best run for Yonks. And it seemed to me he was a horse coming to the fore. He's got form on this ground, so that's no problem. He's two from three at the track. Now, he's drawn in one and 15, and I normally hate being drawn on the flanks, but he's got Indian sounds in three. Alastair... Naughty in five, Dakota Gold in six, and Danzi in eight. So I think he'll get a great time into the race on the far side. Um, I can see him going off favourite, and I can see him winning. And um, I've had a good bet on him uh, at 12s. I'm going in again at nines, uh, and I'm backing him with an extra place, four places on the sportsbook, nine to one each way as well. So, yeah, Lahore for me. Um, I love the bet. I really love the bet. Lovely. Okay, good stuff. That's a strong, strong shout for Lahore. What about you, Kev? <laughs> I've seen it the same way. Like they're gonna go right gallop here, Tony, aren't they? Like there's loads of pace here. You yeah, you want to be with all, one that's written with a bit of patience. Yeah, and I think I think you probably want to be. There is pace dots are everywhere, but I think the pace is centered low, uh, middle mm -hmm. to, middle yeah. to low, which would be ideal for Lahore. 
Yeah, they're gonna go quick. There's, there's, you know, it's soft ground. Yeah, like you look at his overall record, and like for a horse that kind of, you know, if you go on RPRs, like two of the best three runs of his life um, have come over five. You know, they haven't really, you know, battered them over five. If you know what I mean? I think eight or nine of his career runs is all. Um, you know, they primarily run him over further, and you just think a strong run five and, and that's we, we, we say it so often with these sprint handicappers it's kind of when your turn comes and this fellow has been kind of in the wilderness for the, for much of the season he's dropped heavily in the weights um, that three pound drop for the last run as, as Tony mentioned was generous to, to you know kind of un- underline that and and he just looks like he might be coming to the boil at the right time in conditions that we know he likes um, so yeah, I feel like I'm piggybacking a small bit, but um, yeah, I'd be with Lahore as well. Okay, great stuff, gentlemen. That about does it for racing only better of this Friday. All that remains is to get your naps, please, uh, for the weekend. Um, the PL, by the way, this is the last weekend of the flat, so um, TC is still uh, absolutely streaking ahead. Four, plus 411. Dan is plus 166. I'm plus 116. This is the last chance that Kevin has to finish the flat season in negative. I have to tell you, lads, if Kevin Blake finishes minus money in the flat season and I finish plus money, I will absolutely break my ball of flat. But anyway, Kev, <laughs> kick us off, please. Give us, give, us, give us your nap of the weekend. Last chance saloon, baby. Swing for the well, and I've been throwing away money there for for about two months trying to catch you people <laughs> that are miles ahead of me. So I'm going to go absolutely conservative here. I'm minus 10 at the minute. So I'm going to put my last tenner of the season on Siskiyou. You're out even money and a bit to get, to get into positive territory. <laughs> I hope it goes a fun on. I'm going to be angry. I have my finger on the pink button on Betfair later on to try and push the price out. <laughs> right. Hey, I don't, don't forget, Hugo. Don't forget forget about uh, um, Barry might remind me of the fella's name the guy that uh, had the had the was it the monkey bet with Barry prior to the national hunt yes. season last time round that that yes. we wouldn't finish cumulatively in profit and we did yeah. uh, which absolutely destroyed the man but he said double or quits for the flat season <laughs> good oh. god hundreds and hundreds of you were a profit oh Lovely. yes and a grand is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong Barry a grand for charity up ya boy yeah. so yeah, yeah. siskity for me so we get the clean sweep well of in, in profit pundits yeah, and also, Kev, if you'd, if you'd picked the right naps, it'd probably be absolutely thousands, clear, but you kept picking the wrong naps. Oh, thousands. Anyway, <laughs> anyway all right, I will go for, I'm going to keep it very short and sweet as well. Luxembourg wins, so just the oh, wins, so oh. off we go. Luxembourg for me. Uh, what about yourself, Dan? Uh, I'm going to go big. I might as well have a bit of a swing. Uh, I'm going for the Hollow Ginge 220 Hey, hey. Good stuff. The hey. Hollow Ginge 20 to 1. Up and what about ginge. yourself, Mr. Calvin? Is it Lahore for you, Tony? Yeah, I'm still trying to get the image of Kevin having his finger on the pink button. Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, oh, that, it will be no surprise for me. I'm going to go win only Lahore. Oh, oh, oh. Very, excited, excited, very excited about this. But I honestly, he's at the moment, he's about six, seven, fav. I reckon he might go a fav and lovely shit up. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. same way in Luxembourg. <laughs> and by the way, yeah, He's okay, back. right, good He's stuff. Definitely back. Um, enjoy the weekend racing, gentlemen. Thank you as always for that marathon uh, slog racing only better. I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully, you gave you a few winners. We're back on Monday with Wade in Tony Calvin and myself and Kevin. We will talk to you then.